1: just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, we are live. The Patriot Station podcast is live. We are here with Kyrie Thompson from WEEI. He's coming uh, coming in clear. Coming in clear. Took a little time, but he's clear. So yeah. it's great. Also, the host of the first Fox Foxborough podcast. If you're not listening to that, bro, you got to get on that because he's got some fantastic guests already. But uh, Kyrie, we appreciate you coming through, man. Thank you so much for uh, for stopping in.
0: Oh, of course, anytime, my man. Uh, sorry it took me like what, 20 minutes to get this setup <laughs> figured out. I went through both of my laptops and and for one of them makes it look like I'm I'm coming to you from the twilight zone and the other one has me lagging by like 15 seconds. So, just whatever.
1: You know, you know, it's all right, though. It's all right. Yeah, you know, we got to get it done. Sometimes sometimes the uh, the technology doesn't cooperate. You know what I mean? Now we got you with your Peloton in the background, and then yeah. you know, we got the whole thing going.
0: I get some working on this thing. I mean, man. not so much back old now. It's like, I know. Why, why do it? Because, I mean, it's so warm outside. You might as well just go run outside. But, yeah. I mean, on days when it's too hot outside or, mm-hmm. or especially in the wintertime, I was getting it's, it in.
1: It's unbelievable how much you can get in a 20-minute ride. It's, like, ridiculous, man i'm dying I'll tell you what,
0: I, I, I was I, I i did a ride all over the weekend for the first time in a little while and oh that was tough like mm-hmm. i was i was really going for it it was only a 20 minute ride too see see, for me i'm a former sprinter so i don't do the whole like oh yeah i'll 40 minutes or an yeah, hour yeah, I've not time yeah. for all that you know it's like it's like nah man 20 minutes tops
1: and I'm That was
0: getting me. I'm not going to lie.
1: I'm the same way. I wasn't a former sprinter. I mean, I guess I was technically a former sprinter, but I didn't run very fast. Uh, but, you know, so anyways, let's get into let's get into Patriots camp. Obviously, everyone knows Patriots camp started on Wednesday. So we've had the first three days of camp so far. Um, and, uh, you know, you've done a great job of breaking everything down. You've talked to a bunch of people, talked to Trey Nixon, my boy, Trey Nixon. Man, you got a one-on-one exclusive with Damn. him. That was a great, great it's interview great. with you. He's a great
0: talker, man. Like he's he's like very, I mean, obviously very down to earth about, about his situation and everything, but just like off the field, very humble guy. And and I think he's just got the right stuff to make it on this team. It's just a matter of now, whether or not he produces. Right. And I mean, so you were there today. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so you saw that, that fade route he pulled in. I mean, maybe Sean Wade, takes that away if he's not wearing the oven mitts but i mean right. still like for portray to go up and get that
1: ball still like, a nice still play. play yep yeah. still a nice play so you know he had a drop he had a drop in the far end too but you know it's like you gotta drop passes it is what it is you know so um all right but let's get into it there's a few guys that i, I really want to talk about i mean the first one to me is the most important one and that's mac jones i think mac has been pretty much locked in i mean like he's looked pretty solid of course he had that you know, the end of practice yesterday where they, you know, were 0 for 10 or 0 for eleven throwing, for you know, 11, between him yeah. and Hoyer and, and uh and Zappy. But for the most part, he's been he's been pretty locked in. He had that interception of Jalen Mills today, which was clearly yeah. a miscommunication with yeah. somebody. It's funny because Hunter Henry was on the other side of the field and he was like, Hey, my bad. And I was like, yeah. wait, what? He was on the so, other side of the so, field. So
0: So the, the the intended target on that play was Jacoby Myers. So basically what happened is because it, it happened towards our end. Right. Is, uh, you know, he thought Myers was going to sit down by the goal line yep. and instead Myers broke it outside and he throws it where my where he thought Myers was going to be, which it would have been a-, a contested catch. But in the end, it ended up being just the easiest interception. Jalen Mills is probably ever going to have.
1: Right. And threw and- it right to him. And so, yeah, I mean,
0: Mac Mac was kind of like gesturing to like uh, to. Myers obviously, but I think he was also just. I think he might have wanted to go to Hunter Henry first, perhaps, and and Hunter was just like, yeah, my bad, like I did the wrong thing there, so he got right. away from him and tried to go, and tried to go backside.
1: Right, right, and so you know, you kind of you think it's it's one of the, and it's funny because that's the type of thing that they're doing right now. I mean, they're not they're not full pads. It's just kind of it's almost like today was almost like a walkthrough, right? There was no, weren't they weren't super. They were competitive a little bit at times, but they're not super competitive right now. They're just shells. And so, right. like, you know, they're just – it's just about the mental stuff right now. And you see, like, one mistake, right? Mac reads it wrong or Jacoby reads it wrong or Hunter Henry reads it wrong and it's a pick six going the other way, right? And so those are the things that they got to get figured out. But I think overall, I think I've seen a little bit of extra zip on his passes a, little, a bit. Not a ton, right? It's hard to see because they're not really throwing the deep ball much. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen a little bit of extra zip and I thought I just think he's just been very precise. That, that pass to John Lewis Smith today – in the back of the end zone on Kyle Duggar. I mean, I know Duggar has been getting worked a little bit. That's unfair. That's just, there's no way you can stop that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, Duggar has been getting, he's, it seems like he's on the business end of every highlight that's happened yeah. so far in camp. He's gotten got by Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, all of it. But the thing is like, these are by and large, I mean, the passes are just perfect. Right. And I, and I saw a fan angle of it. It was just really just right on the money and the coverage isn't bad, Like Duggar's right there. He's in his hip pocket. He, if, if Mac Jones throws that ball where it's a, where in the route kind of suggests that it would go, which is a corner, right? Right. Then Duggar's a perfect position to play that ball and potentially pick it off. But the thing is, they've been working this for the last three days. These back shoulder types of throws both when both in that kind of situation where it's like, OK, like I'm running towards the back line of the end zone and I'm going to throw it behind you, right, or I'm running towards the sideline and throw it behind you. The the Aaron Rodgers, if you
1: will. Right, But yeah.
0: they also pulled off, and the play that I thought was quietly just as impressive, right, even though it wasn't like a leaping catch where Jonu Smith has to toe tap and everything. But right after that, Jonu Smith has has a route where he's running horizontal, so he's running parallel to the back line of the end
1: zone.
0: Yep. I, I can't remember who was in coverage on the play, but John I think U. it was Duggar stopped.
1: again. I think it was yeah, Duggar yeah, again. Yeah.
0: It might, it might have <laughs> been, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. But but Mac Jones sees it and throws it intentionally behind Johnu Smith. And they've been repping this for again the last couple of days with, with the tight ends of receivers. It's like, look, when you've got a receive, when you got a defender in front of you and they have their back turned to the quarterback, you're open, right? Like you can, you can see right. the ball because you're looking at the ball, you're looking at the quarterback, but the defender can't. So Mac throws it behind him. And and John knew exactly what to do because they've been practicing it this whole time and he makes the grab. It made it look easy, but that's not an easy play.
1: Right. And that's but that's exactly what you're looking for. Right. And those are the types of things that I think, you know, really kind of exemplify what they're doing. And I just think I think now, too, and I pointed out yesterday on Twitter about how Belichick has kind of fostered this, um, you know, learning culture and learning environment and how nobody's afraid to ask questions. And they're always, you know, there was a, a drill where he was, you know, he went and talked one-on-one with the receivers and was coaching about, about, about stepping out. And then they started running the drill again. And Jacoby immediately walked over and basically asked for clarification from Belichick. Right. And that's the type of stuff that I'd love to see. And there was one instance of that. And then this next guy is involved in that. Uh, Devante Parker, who's looked fantastic. I thought, Jalen Mills had a play where he he got over Parker's shoulder and knocked one down at the goal line, and it was at the end of it was at the end of max time in there. At, I think just seven on seven, and Belichick took the two of them over there and was coaching them up on, "Hey, look, you know, whatever whatever they both did collectively, he wasn't happy about it." He said, "Okay, the ball needs to be down lower, or you need to post up more, so he has more you know space down low. Whatever the case may be." He's there saying, Hey, look, this is the way it needs to be run. So when you get to that spot and post up at the goal line, he can't jump over and grab it because you have him boxed out. Mac throws it down low, so he can't get to it. You know, all those different things. But but either way, I I think I just I love what Belichick has done. Yeah. As and this is, I mean, this has been happening forever. But like it's you've seen more of it now that you have a second year quarterback. But it's it's never a, hey, why are you asking questions? Like it should be if you don't understand ask a question. We'll talk about it again. We'll go over it again. Like ask for clarification before you go out and, and run it like an idiot. Right. And that's, that I think is just so important. And and something that I think that doesn't get talked about a ton with Belichick where everyone talks about how he's a great coach and a great teacher and everything. Part of being a great teacher is, is having your students understand it's okay to ask questions, right. And, and okay to yeah. question things.
0: Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, that was something that I, I talked with Jalen Mills after practice. And, and that's something that I, that came up when talking about the rookie corners, the two Joneses, Marcus and Jack. Yes. And I asked him about what he, his impressions of them were and how they were coming along and what advice he had for them. And essentially that was his advice was look, never be afraid to ask questions. And, and you know, if, if you're, if you're not doing something right, like, look, you're going to come into this and yeah, maybe you were the man where you came from in college, but here, this is a whole new system. It's a whole new environment and everybody's good here. So you need to find whatever edge possible. And that's what he said that they're doing. He said, look, the first thing that that came out of his mouth when I asked him that question was, the best thing is they're they're asking questions, right? They're in meetings. They're trying to figure it out. They're not afraid to ask. And he's like, that's going to help them out. So yeah, this is a team that thrives on detail, right? Attention to detail, doing your job to a T. And that's how you get a team that, found a way somehow to win seven games with cam newton as its quarterback and and quite and not even just about cam newton i mean they were missing a whole lot of stuff on defense Mm -hmm. right but they were able to stay competitive in those games because they're so well prepared and last year you win 10 games with a rookie quarterback that stuff doesn't happen by accident it's because they execute and obviously they realized that they had a little bit of a talent deficiency and so they, they tried to address that in subtle ways and maybe kind of revamp their roster. I mean, some, you can argue about whether or not it was done enough, but certainly the idea that they have tried to adjust and, and account for that. But in the end, as long as you have Bill Belichick, and, and people might overrate it, but I really think that the more you're around it and you see about the, the, the way that he interacts with his players on the field, the way he interacts with his coaches, the the sheer amount of things that he knows and can talk about. And for example, you know, I'm I was talking I was talking to Karen Garagian of the Boston Herald after this and, and at a practice today and she was saying, "Look, when Josh McDaniels was coming up as the quarterbacks coach like before he like fully took over the offense and stuff, Bill Belichick was the run one running the quarterback room. He took right. that on. So this is not new to him, right? Having all the say in the offense, having the say in, in the wide receiver room. Like he Knows his breadth of knowledge about football and and the the specificity of what he wants done, how he wants to see it done. It's unmatched in this game. So you can you can say like, well, like Belichick's not that special because I mean, look, he he hasn't won a title without Tom Brady. But I mean, you just got to see it every day sometimes to to realize what it is that he is accomplishing day in and day out with new players and, and keeping them com- rosters competitive all the time. Cause that doesn't happen in the NFL all the time.
1: Well, that's, I was going to say the other thing is it, it's a league that not so much as it is in the NBA, but it's a league that we're coaching is important, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, we saw it two years ago, with Bruce Arians, like coaching is important, but it's not that important. Like we can get by with the best players. If even if we don't have the best coaching, right? So,
0: yes.
1: you know, and Belichick has proven that he can win even with crap players, even with Matt Castles as a quarterback, he can still go 11 and five, right? So, you know, anyways, I just, I think it's, I think it's interesting. And we talk, I think it's add, we don't need to go over the whole Brady yeah. Belichick thing and I don't even want to get yeah. into it. But, uh, but I do want to, though, touch base on the Jones brothers there, Marcus and Jack, obviously they're not brothers, but the Jones brothers, Marcus and Jack, and, you know, them coming in. Marcus was my guy. He was like, he was yeah. the only, he, I did one draft i mean i'll never i will never ever stop bragging about it i did one uh draft profile on twitter and it was marcus jones and i i uh in my mock draft 1.0 which came out before the super bowl i had them i had them picking marcus jones at pick 85 and i just i'm like it's unbelievable so anyways i i'm super excited about him he's been mixing in with the ones um you know in that slot spot and of course yeah. jonathan jones is hurt right now but yes. I just, I feel like he doesn't look out of place, you know, and he's not making like flash plays, but he looks like he belongs out there, which is important for a guy who's played three days of of NFL football.
0: And then, and then you look at him, he doesn't look imposing from a physical standpoint. I mean, like, I'm like, what, five, five. (laughs)
1: right, right. You know, let's yeah, say I'm, yeah not, right. I'm
0: not i'm not i'm not a big dude but you know, it's like i go down there you stand next to him and it's like he's not that much taller than me i mean he's right. thick. like he he's clearly oh, yeah. like thick and, and and rocked up and everything but i mean he's out there scrapping with you know Devonte parker and you yep. know Devonte parker's boxing him out and i mean there's not a whole lot marcus jones can do about it but he comes back from that the next day and he's in kendrick Bourne's hip pocket you know helping force mm-hmm. an in incompletion like right now with jonathan jones out so three Joneses in that, in that cornerback, that's, that's going to be fun. Right. (laughs) But he, but he, he's stepping in right now as like the number one slot corner guy. And and I thought this, this could be something that, that might happen, right. Whether it was this year or, or the following year, the idea that Marcus Jones could be a contributor potentially this year as a slot guy, because of the speed that he has and the quick twitch that he has. And yeah, I think that first day of camp, both Marcus and Jack had their moments where they were getting picked on a little bit. And it was kind of like an almost like, okay, welcome to the NFL. You got to step your game up a little. And, and if you remember Marcus Jones was in the red non-contact Jersey for right. OTAs and minicamps. So he wasn't really in the mix. So this was his first time kind of being out there like, Hey, like let, let's, get you some snaps and see how you're doing. And I think that they, they answered the bell. They've answered the bell in the last couple of days and, and just started, you know, showing up and, and, as you mentioned, putting themselves in the mix, getting, you know, sticking their nose in there and generally playing good coverage. And Jack Jones, I'll tell you what, every single time the ball comes near him, he, he, he is looking to make a play. Like, I, I mean, I, I think that, they, you know, obviously you expect that from, from defensive back. So I'm talking about even in drills where they're teaching things like, okay, when the ball's on the back line of the end zone, like a back shoulder throw. How do you play the ball? And a lot of the cornerbacks, like the, the veterans and, and, and things, they are playing through the hands. They are not looking for the football. They're trying to play through the hands and and just like rip the ball out. Jack Jones is always looking always trying to turn and find the football because he wants that interception. He wants to play the football and get his hands on it. And so you see that like every single time he has an opportunity he's trying to rip the ball out of your hands. I mean, he, he had Kendrick uh, rather, uh, he had uh good gracious christian wilkinson there it is That's yeah. like yeah C- christian wilkinson he he had him in hell back in in minicamp <laughs> trying to jam him up like he almost like put him in the turf Like it was something else and 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 christian wilkinson gets up and and makes the catch but then jack jones like puts him on the ground almost again because he's got his arm and they're trying to rip it out like he's a fiend i love it i love the mentality of both of these young guys and I think that the way this cornerback room is constructed, there's absolutely room for
1: them to play this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's, I just find that so fascinating because especially with Jack Jones where he's like 170 pounds, right. When that guy, you know, gets a year in the NFL, puts some weight on and he's already that aggressive, you know, that's a guy that could be, you know, a solid starting corner, you know, in, in the future, at least. So we'll see, but, but I'm, I'm super excited about both of them. I think they needed the cornerback help. but They're getting the cornerback help. It's important. Jonathan Jones is a free agent after this year. So even if he is, you know, hopefully he is able to come back healthy. You still might be missing someone next year. So, you know, we'll see. I just think, I think, you know, we talked about, you talked about earlier, you know, the the fact that they were devoid of talent a little bit, right? And so, but you start looking at the last two drafts with, Ramondre, who's looked really good this camp, yeah. and with John, who I'm um, not John, who and with, with Mac Jones, obviously, and with Barmore, and you know, and all these guys that are coming through, you're like, okay, now we're starting to see. And then Marcus and Jack Jones and Cole Strange. It's, I mean, offense defensive line right now, like yeah. you can't see anything. It's but true, the athleticism but will, is legit.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you this. So you you can't really see anything like for real, right? Because they're not blocking each other for real. right. But I was watching a little bit of their of their inside zone game today. Just like the, the little bit that they do right after uh, they do seven on sevens, right? And, then, right. and then, they'll, then they'll go through, you know, kind of like walkthrough style. They'll go through the running the running attack. And I just wasn't even necessarily looking at Cole Strange on a given snap. I was just kind of looking at the lineman steps to see what kinds of plays that they were running. And typically it, it was, you know, inside and outside zone most of the time. And strange just just explodes out of his snap and, and like kind of you know the thing with like the zone block right is, is that you you know kind of get a you know one guy's getting a double team and kind of going up to the linebacker yep. and he's he's quick he is he is he is quick he is aggressive he is mean when he gets his hands on you in space like he he's, he's yeah. on you like he's not playing around and i think that was the thing that i noticed is that like his athleticism as you mentioned, is is something else, and just like the the speed with which he play is playing right now, as a rookie, right, like it's not a stretch to say that that's a Pro Bowl guard potentially in in a couple of years. I don't, I mean, maybe not this year. I, I feel like the way that that the offensive line looks to me, right, is that Michael Onwenu is your Shack Mason replacement, I, I, both in in terms of position and it also it's as close as you could get in talent. And actually, if you look at it. Michael who graded out ever so slightly better than Shaq right. Mason did, which which people forget a lot. I've seen a lot of people like that was your highest graded player. Actually, no, he wasn't. It was Michael who. But on the other side of things, you're looking at Cole Strange as being your Ted Karras replacement, right? Like what can you get from a solid? So Ted Karras was a solid veteran presence. Was he he wasn't he wasn't amazing, uh, but he but he did his job right. and he did it well, right? And you're looking at Cole Strange and being like, "Look, your level of talent should hopefully minimize the drop off from what we ha- would have had with Ted Karras," and it just happens to make everything a whole lot cheaper and more affordable on your offensive line. Yeah. But yo, no, know, you can you can absolutely see it with this guy when he's getting out in space. They they had him out in in screen blocking yesterday, and he just belongs on the move.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that's and like you say, you know, yeah. Okay, this year he's replacing Ted Karras, but. Maybe next year or in two years, he's replacing Joe Tooney, right? And and he's and he's taking that level of that's what we're hoping, right? Is that he takes that level of of play instead of it being Joe Tooney, it's Cole Strange. I think the athleticism today at the end of practice, you know, which which was such a fun drill, and that's you know, people like oh, Belichick does this, Belichick does that. That's one of the most creative things I've seen with Marcus Jones and Trey Nixon going back and forth trying to catch punts, and they got four balls in their hands trying to catch the fifth one. It was awesome, and and, you know, and and the they're fired up about it, and then they both catch five, which was crazy. I don't know how they yeah, did five insane. punts at a time. I, but... I think
0: the record. I, I was hearing people talk about this. I think the record is apparently seven. I don't know who Jesus. did seven though.
1: I that's don't know insane. Seven. Someone with super long arms, probably. But uh, but um, but no. But and then he, he when he made the catch with the second one he's full on sprinting with the ball in his left hand and comes and that, up and with the ball, catch one handed. That was unbelievable.
0: And that ball was wobbling. You could, yeah. you could see, you could see it. That ball was, was swinging in the air and, and he read, and he reads it and makes the catch like that. That's an, that's an incredible athlete. And, yeah. and I mean, like you, you talk about, you know, a relative athletic score, like that guy was one of the 10 most athletic guards to like come out of the draft in the last 35 years. Right. And, and, and you can you can see every little bit of it, but I think it, it's not just about the the athleticism, it's the mentality. He he is he is a he is aggressive, he is mean, like yeah. he, and, and he's not gonna stop playing until until the play the, the echo of the whistle, like the echo right. of the echo of the whistle. Because Logan, I mean like you saw you saw it Logan in those mini in minicamp. Me. I mean yeah. ball on the ground, he's going for it. He doesn't care if Matthew Judon's ankle right. is there. Yeah. You know, it, it's like Malcolm Butler caught an interception off a tip ball. He he running downfield and wrapping up, you know, Malcolm Butler. Like yeah. he, he only knows how to play one way.
1: Which is great, you know, and that's and that brings you right back to brings you right back to Logan Mankins. I mean, it's just like, you know, you're like, "Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Love that." So, but uh all right, Tyquan Thornton, you know, he's been running with the ones. He's been there, he's around you know, now, of course, and this is, and again, it's not fair to Tyquan. It's not. It's not fair to Tyquan, but the same thing happened to Keel Harry. There's already reports out of Steelers camp. George Pickens looks unbelievable. I wanted the Patriots to take George Pickens at 29. I wanted the Patriots to take George Pickens at 22. And then they're at 29. I'm like, oh, this is Pickens. Nope. And then they trade up to 50. I'm like, oh, this is, nope. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, but what have you seen from Tyquan Thornton? Uh, You know, I, I think, look. It's hard to see, and uh, the speed has been difficult to see, except for moments of it. You'll see moments of it, but then, like, but it's hard to see because they haven't done anything more than 10, 15 yards downfield yet, you know?
0: I mean, I, yeah, exactly, because everything that they have done has been low, high and low red zone. Literally everything right. they've done has been inside the 20 yard line over the last three days. So, no, you have not gotten a chance to see Tyquan Thornton really open it up and it is interesting that, that you mentioned Pickens because i feel like of those second round receivers he probably had the most upside and the only reason he was even there was because he was he was hurt he's coming off an injury right, right. that that that's well well that and i think people had a lot of characters yeah, about yeah. him so so that, that that was obviously that that honestly might have been the bigger reason but with Taquan Thornton it's the upside that's tantalizing right because he has like they're fast guys and then there are people like taekwon thornton where like that that is that's different speed yeah like like that i'm not exaggerating it's tyree kill level in, yeah. in terms of of like it, it's not just the 40 but how quickly he can get up to it and he hasn't quite been doing that yet except when he's on punt gunner coverage like oh boy, <laughs> boy when, right when he's at the when he's a punt gunner he's really opening it up yeah. Nobody, no one can run with him. And 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 I feel like I've only seen it the one time where he really got a deep ball, uh, where he, he kills Miles Bryant off the line of scrimmage, and then everybody else, then then it's off. The, right. the the race is on and no one's catching him. Yeah. But what you've gotten to see is the the intermediate stuff, how he's working on on the rest. And what I've seen is that whenever the ball goes in Taekwond Thornton's direction, it's not hitting the ground. Yeah. Not one time. Have yep. I seen this guy drop a pass? And that includes the ones where he's diving out of bounds. And maybe it's not, it's its not technically a catch, but he had one today where, I mean, he he's like almost parallel to the ground and he, he's not dropping that thing. He got smacked by Joe on Williams yesterday on, on the goal line, making a catch held on to that. I mean, and that was one thing that I heard from guys who watched him at the Shrine Bowl is that is that you look at his figure and you think like, ah, that guy can't deal with jump balls. Like he's not going to you know, deal well with like press coverage and stuff like that. And they were like, Oh no, Tyquan Thornton's a dog. When it, when the ball is in the air, yeah. he, he does not give an inch. He wants to beat you every single time. And, and they were like, he was winning most of those jump ball situations. It didn't matter who was on him. And I feel like you've seen a little bit of the catch radius, the 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 potential that he's got to kind of be, if he puts on a little bit of weight, like he could be an outside receiver. And I think that's, that's yeah. the potential ceiling that we're talking about here is that with his speed, if he can gain any kind of, of, of weight, that he could potentially be a guy who plays outside and can block. He's got a little bit of, of explosive kind of upper body strength to him that that is, is a bit underrated. I saw him working against Malcolm Butler, and there have been times where, you know, sometimes like you get into his chest a little bit. I mean, yeah, he's kind of thin. You can stop him, but he gave Malcolm Butler a, a stiff arm, like a little forearm shiver, working on the routes, and he had Malcolm Butler about to fall down. I mean, he's not right. a joke. And, and and when you see him up close, he's skinny. Like, let's not get it twisted here. He's, he's skinny. He's got skinny wrists, though. I don't think that actually matters. But <laughs> you see his lower body. Like, he's he's pretty wiry and jacked and strong. Like, he's, he's not a pushover is basically right. what I'm saying. And he's made himself available. He, he's been he's been working on on the finer points of of running the routes and you know Bill Belichick's been working with them and the receiver coach has been working with them about using his arms more coming in and out of breaks. But all I, I I feel like he is showing enough to me right now to where you can put that guy in you'll be able to put him in a game and he will be able to do what's asked of him and and produce and make catches. I don't think he's headed for a purely red shirt year.
1: Is what right. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And look, I, I, the whole draft process with him was very strange because he comes in, he runs that crazy 40 time, and then he's still a fifth, sixth round pick. I didn't even watch any film on him because I'm like, this guy must suck. Like if he went to the combine and blew up the combine like that and they still have him as a fifth, sixth round pick, I'm like, this guy must be terrible. He's just a sprinter. Like he's not, you know, he's he's nothing.
0: Yeah. That's and they him.
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. And they drafted him in the second round and I'm watching film and I'm like, this guy doesn't look like some random sprinter. Like he's got, he can get off the line. He's like physical on, he t- he'll take, he take a hit while catching the ball. And it's just like, I don't, I didn't understand the evaluation process from him, you know, from, from the, you know, from the, the, the evaluation, you know, the, the the rookie yeah. media, whatever. I was just like, I, I didn't get it. Like he's a lot better than I thought he was going to look when I, when I threw the film on.
0: That's exactly then, how, how I felt about it. Yeah. And I think that it really is just about the, the, the frame he because he is yeah. so slight and I think he absolutely got pigeonholed into that stereotype of him just being a fast guy skinny guy who who can't handle the position and I just again I don't think that that the film backs that up I right. mean yeah there, there are times where, where he, yeah he gets pushed around a little bit it's true and and you know as a rookie you might struggle with that a little bit but you can see it in the scouting reports where people are talking about it he's tougher than you think he is right and the other thing is, is that he has a, a fairly well developed understanding even now of how to find windows in zone where he's not just running like aimlessly across the formation just being like oh yeah i'm just gonna be faster than you and and i'm just gonna like run across the field and throw me the ball it's like no when, when he's running a slant or, or running running an in- route or something like that he's always looking for the right place to settle down and so i it's not just about the speed it's clearly about his mind his mentality when you Listen to him talk about it, and and I I heard Jacoby Myers talk about it earlier today when when I was standing across mm-hmm. from him. That that again, he's like the best thing about Taekwon is that he always wants to learn. He wants to be coached, and I, I feel like that's the part of the process that we never get to see at the combine and all of this. We don't get to see the interviews, right? We hear that somebody had an interview with the Patriots or or whatever, but you don't know. Right. Like, like how it actually goes. And then when these guys, when you stand in front of them and you're listening to them talk, um, you know, and you're listening to other people talk about them, you're like, OK, yeah, no, I understand why. It's because this guy, he he craves the coaching. Right. right? He, he he wants to get better. And and everything is just about football, football, football. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to do my job. That's what Taequann Thornton's like. That's what the Joneses are like. It's what Cole Strange is like.
1: Yeah, that's no, great. And you know what? The other thing about the evaluation process is, is like Devonta Smith did it literally last year. He's like the same body type. And so it's like, you know, and, he, and he's not. I mean, he, listen, he was an unbelievable rub technician, won the Heisman Trophy for a reason. Yeah. I get it. But like if you're looking at just at the frame, it's yeah. like, well, like he's the same guy, you know, as far as frame wise. So it just it didn't make any sense to me. But anyways, let's move on. The one last guy I want to talk about, and then we'll talk about kind of some some ups and downs from, from overall from the campus, Pierre Strong. Uh, Pierre Strong is a guy. Now, Kevin Harris has gotten a ton of work, um, you know, with the twos. Pierre Strong's been running with the ones, but not really been running with the ones, right? And you you mentioned, we talked about this a little bit before, you mentioned that, you know, today he was kind of running drills on his own down at the, one of the lower fields, but then he also – he must have been doing with, with little Jordan Humphrey, too, because he disappeared from most of the practice today, too. So I assume he was down yeah. there because I didn't see him. Um, and then he came back magically at the end, at the end of yeah. practice. Yeah. Like, where the hell did he go? So, um, but, you know, I haven't seen a ton of Pierre Strong out there. And I, I'm curious as to why you think that is, right? Uh, you know, is he going to get the Foxborough flu and end up on IR like James White and, and Damian Harris did his rookie year? Or are they just kind of saving him for later? I, yeah, I don't know what you think.
0: Well, I think that's probably going I think that he stands a decent chance of, of getting some Foxborough flu here because, I mean, I think that he still has some body type that needs to be built up a little. But I'm not 100% sure just yet that I'm going to put him in that category because I think that he brings something to the running back room that they don't entirely have. Like, th- that speed is, is very notable, right? I mean – Damian Harris can get moving when he's got the ball in his hands. He's actually one of the faster, you know, guys at his position. Yeah. Once once he gets going downhill, he's routinely up there with the fastest ball carriers every week. Like it's it's very interesting. And Ramondre Stevenson, I mean, he's just a good all around player. I think he's just, he's keeping, you know, going to continue getting better. But I think that with, with strong, he just has, has great raw speed and the offense that they are going to run this year, I think with, with with more zones, more cutbacks and and getting, getting these, uh, you know, offensive linemen on the edge and seeking out cutback lanes. I think that's going to play really well for Pierre strong. So I think that perhaps, and this is something that happened a little bit in, in OTAs and mini camp, a little bit of, Let's not, you know, pull the Ferrari out of the garage just yet, right? Yeah. Let, let's give let's give him a little time. We don't have to do this. I mean, they've got you know Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Ty Montgomery taking the the three. Re- I mean, they're gonna be the top three running backs. Like that yeah. is that is that is set. So I think it's like, why move this along if we don't have to? I think the difference with Taekwond Thornton is that at this point he's kind of shown that he's a little bit more ready ready to go on on the outside. And so they're, they're they're giving him more opportunities, whether it's with the ones or the twos and with Pierre strong, you don't have to do that. And at the same time, I think that it'd be hard not to think that, you know, he's going to, you know, make the team and have an opportunity every once in a while, like, Hey, you know, like you want to carry and, and just like, you know, see how it goes especially if we're playing a team that we know we're going to beat on like we right. don't respect the jets and we're blowing them out like hey pierre why don't you get some carries bro um but i think it is interesting that uh, kevin harris has been getting more burn and i think it might be because of the body you know or and, yeah. and maybe even just the uh you know i think he's got a little bit more in the passing game right now both from a pass pro perspective and a pass catching perspective so maybe that's something that they're just looking for Pierre Strong to develop a little bit more.
1: Yeah, makes sense. You talk a lower body when you talk about on Thornton, and my God, Kevin Harris's legs are ridiculous. Oh
0: boy, he's got—I he's, <laughs> I mean, he's got—he's got some logs. He's got some tree trunks down there.
1: Yes, he does. It's crazy. Uh, one last guy before we go into James White. What's your feeling on James White? Because I—I I almost wonder now. Troy Brown. This is a little bit. You know, long time ago, but Troy Brown, end of his career, came back for one more year, didn't have it, couldn't play, just wasn't just literally couldn't play. He wasn't healthy. And they gave him a contract anyways and said, Troy, we love you. Thank you so much. for Basically, thank you so much for being here. We're going to give you a contract, even though we know you're probably never going to play again. We're going to give you a contract anyways. And I just I just wonder if that's the case with James White. I just don't know. that injury is such a bad injury. And at his age, I just don't know if he's ever going to get there. Um, But I I don't know. Have you heard from anyone in the, in the, you know, in the organization, do you think that, you know, he could come back and play? I mean, what's your feeling on that?
0: I haven't heard anything about whether or not they think he can come back and play, but I'll tell you this. I mean, Mike Reese says, has said it recently. And, and I mean, I saw James white at one point during OTAs and mini camp, like he just doesn't look comfortable. He's not looking Right. Right. The, the, the way that he's walking. And I, I personally don't expect to see him this year. I think that he'll, he'll land on pup and then he will stay on IR for the rest of the season. That that's how I think this is going to go. And I, I have come to kind of think of a very similar thing that essentially this is a, it, it's, he's not on a very expensive deal. I'm right. sure they understood and, and understand where he is at physically and we're I think there's a good chance that they were just saying, "Look, okay, if you can come back and play this year, great. But if not, you're on the payroll. You're taken care of. And then if if you can't play, then retire as a member of the Patriots. Yeah. You know that, that. And 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 I think that's that's what it'll be. I don't necessarily think they're going to just like throw him out on the street and you know make him go play someplace else. I think that he's he's given so much to this team that that would be. I don't know. I, I don't think that I would expect that. But yeah, from just all the, the indications, the feeling about it, the fact that I, that the fact that you have heard nothing about yeah. James White seems to suggest that this is probably not going to happen for him this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen again. Um, right. I would hate to see that because, again, he's so loved here. Like they they, they talk about him all the time. Uh, you know, in, in, in the running back room and just on the offense, period, the way that the way that they respect him. So um I would hate for that snap last year to be the last one that he had in the NFL. I was in the building that day and the air was sucked out of the building. Oh, yeah, it really was. Mm-hmm. And so, um I mean, I'd love to see him in a Patriots uniform again, but if not, I think that they're going to take care of him.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. And and that's kind of, that's kind of my feeling on it too. And it's unfortunate. I mean, you think about back-to-back years, right? 2020 with the car accident with his parents and then, you know, and then 2021, obviously the injury. So, uh, you know, tough few years for him, but you know, I, I think, and this is what Bill does. Like people talk, people talk shit about Bill all the time, but this is what he does. He takes care of the guys that are there. Like I said, Troy back in the day, I think it was 07. I think it was 07 where like, he couldn't play and they knew he couldn't play, but they yeah. said, no, we don't care. Like we're giving him the contract anyways, because he deserves it. And he's been here. And like, and so we're going to give him the contract. And if, if at, at the absolute least, he yeah. can be a leader in the clubhouse for these guys and be a, and be a role model for the guys that are here. Right. And so that's, that's one of those things for me that, um, I hope that is the case with James White. I'd love to see him come back and play, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. So Anyways, let's, I, I want, I want to ask you your, your number one guy from camp. Just, you know, if you had to, and we talked about a bunch of guys today, but if you had to pick, get to pick one guy, I'm going to pick one guy too, but I'll go after you. So I'll let you, I'll let you get first choice. Uh, your guy that's kind of flashed to you that you've been most excited about, about camp.
0: So we're going to take Mac Jones out of the equation because I think that he's probably been the guy. Throughout yeah. camp. I think that he's he's been he's been very good. As you mentioned, he's been locked in. I think the chemistry with the wide receivers has been excellent. And and just generally, he has fully taken on the role of of a leader of this team. But I feel like if there's one guy that I think really has opened eyes, it's been Devontae Parker. I mean um, I mean, I, I think that the receivers generally have played well. And I think that Jonu Smith has kind of, he came on, you know, especially today, the way, the way that he, you know, popped and made a couple of those grabs. I think that he's, he's also stood out. Um, but I would say that the guy that popped that I think is, you know, going to be the most important, because you're kind of wondering how he's going to fit into this operation is Parker and, and the way that he physically, you know, kind of dominated, but also, um, that that toe tapping back shoulder throw like mm-hmm. again to already have that chemistry with Mac Jones you just joined the team right like this is just a professional receiver a dude who just works at his craft knows what he's doing and the way that Hunter Henry's is like yes he's going to make it easier for all of us and this is something that I've talked about the fact that Devonte Parker's mere presence and, and again this is only red zone stuff right that, that, that they've done so far only red zone but the fact that his mere presence means that you can move guys like Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Ford and Jacoby Myers all around the formation. Because in in especially in this part of the field, you need to have a real guy guarding Devonte Parker because otherwise right. you just throw it up and you'll find a way to come down with it. So yeah. I, I feel like that's tremendously important. I do have one other guy that I think has definitely stood out, but I want to hear yours because I want to see if we got the same guy.
1: All right. I think we might. I think we might. I'm going to, you went offense. I'm going to go defense. Uh, and Jalen Mills, I think has been great. I'm not going to pick Jalen Mills though, but he's been fantastic. Uh, but my guy is Josh blood. he, you know, second year safety out of Missouri. He's popped, man. He's popped. And that's, he was on IR last year, actually came off in practice for a bit, um, yeah. but never actually played. But you know, he can play. It looks like he can play. And again, it's early. We don't know, but like chances, usually guys that are around the ball like that as much. And as consistently as he has been the first three days of camp, those guys typically can play. And Jabril Peppers isn't even out there right now. Right. And so yeah. when you talk about, you know, agent Phillips and Devin McCordy and, and Jabril Peppers, and now Josh Bloods looks like he can play and Duggar. you're looking at it and, and, and Duggar, of course. Right. And so now you're looking at it like we have five safeties that we could throw out there at any time. And Bloodsou has been—he's played safety, he's played slot corner. I've been super excited to see him. I I was extremely impressed with him the first day I saw him, and then I've been there all three days. And so, you know, the first day I was like, "Oh my god, he's making some plays!" And then the second day, I'm like, "He's still there making plays!" Like that's so you know that that's really impressed me a lot. So he may not have the impact that Parker will have, but I do think it looks like he can play.
0: That that was going to be my guy as well. I mean, if you're just talking about guys that have been. Wow! Like Revelations, he's yeah. the biggest one, right? Like right. he's been one of the best players out there. And again, you know, I, I mentioned Jack Jones and the way that he plays coverage. Josh Bledsoe has those similar instincts. That play that he had on Johnny Smith yesterday, where he knocked it down in the back corner of the end zone. Uh, I believe that that was in seven on sevens. That was a play that that again, like a sa- not all safeties have that instinct to make that yeah. play, right? Because again, it was a scenario where. Mac and John Johnny Smith thought they had him right. It was a same kind of play like back shoulder, like I'm running this way, throw it behind me, I got him. Uh, you know, there's no way that this defensive back is going to adjust. And I don't, I, he must have had his eye on the ball, kind of out of the corner of his eye or something. But he whips his head around at the last moment and gets the arm in there to knock it away. And and I feel like so many other young players, especially who like playing this position, they get beat there because yeah. because they don't know how to find the football yet. But he did. And that, I think, really kind of stood out to me. He had another one where he knocked it away at the last second from Dalton Keene, front corner of the end zone. He, you know, uh, locked up Devin Asiasi on, on a crossing route. I mean, his I, I just feel like when, when the pads are on, I just don't know that a whole lot is going to change. Right. I mean, he's clearly got the athleticism and the ability and the instincts to make plays and be around the football. And he was getting first team reps today. They basically said, hey, Devin, you want the day off? And they (laughs) put Josh Bledsoe back there because they want to give him a look because they're rewarding him for the way that he's played. And and again, I think that you you mentioned the five safeties thing. You got all five of those guys potentially able to play reliably. Like you can not not just like a special teams thing, like you could put them on the field then I think that this makes the possibility of putting, I mean, they're going to put three safeties out there plenty. That was, I think that was their favorite defensive lineup last year was their big nickel. Look, I think there's a possibility. They're going to put four safeties out there mm-hmm. I, I, it's semi-regularly, right? Especially when you get these teams that want to you know spread you out with all their speed, and they got mismatches all over the place and they want to go empty. What, why not? Why right. not? Put that personnel group out there because they've got speed and athletic ability and versatility all over the place. So even even if Josh Bledsoe isn't going to be a a guy who's playing in that situation, I mean, probably Jabril Peppers would be the guy doing it if he's healthy. But just being able to have another body in the room that, hey, if something happens to one of these guys, he can adequately fill in. That makes you, to me, that makes you think that you could put four safeties out there and not have it be the craziest thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. And you kind of feel like that's gotta be where they're headed because they they drafted Kyle Duggar, right, for a reason, obviously. They re upped Adrian Phillips this off season, right? Or no, they signed Adrian Phillips last last offseason, they re-signed him, right? Um yeah. yep. and then, you know, and then they go out and sign Jobot Peppers. And so they know that they have all these safeties, and so you gotta think that this is where they're going with it. And it makes sense because obviously they didn't re sign Gilmore and JC Jackson. Let's just, let's pretend like that. I didn't say that because I can't, it just makes me upset. But, um, but either way. So, all right. Anyone, anyone that you are, have been disappointed in, in camp. I have one on the tip of my tongue. Anyone else that you, anyone that you've been kind of disappointed with in camp or maybe Um, not even disappointed, but just kind of surprised that you didn't, you didn't get what you thought you would from them.
0: A little bit of, I would say Nelson Aguilar is probably one of the name is one of the first names that comes to mind. And I don't know that I would say that he's been, really bad right i mean he he definitely had like a a fade route catch yesterday i mean he was kind of in on that bonanza of big plays down by the goal line so i mean he flashed at times but i think there were also times where his execution wasn't quite there where he he had one throw that went out the back of the end zone yesterday and like he 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 caught it but he just couldn't quite get his feet in bounds it just seemed like he let his momentum carry him outside of the end zone like would have liked to see him try to drag get the feet, feet a little bit yeah. and i feel like that's a continuation of some of the things that we saw last year where i mean him running and, and like being able to get open isn't typically the problem all right because i mean he's he's clearly very fast yeah but but tracking the ball and kind of knowing what to do with it at times feels like it, like it's a little bit of an issue for him so uh i, I thought that was a bit frustrating and, and I, he didn't really do anything today I'd have to look back and see if he made a catch he might have had like one catch today right but I feel like especially for you know Devonte Parker being what I expect him to be and kind of opening things up like I think Nelson Aguilar should be one of the biggest beneficiaries of that right and I feel like I haven't seen as much from him so far in uh in training camp as I had in OTAs and minicamp where it seemed like he was he was flashing a little bit more, making some bigger plays. So I, I would like to see a little bit from him. It's not so much that, I, that I'm that i disappointed or I think he's been bad. I just think I I have expected to see more.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned it, but like, I think, you know, him and Jacoby Myers almost are like exact opposites, right? Where Myers kind of, I feel like the finer points of wide receiver play sometimes he doesn't like, he just doesn't pay attention to that stuff quite as much. Whereas Jacoby is like, that's what he does. He lives off of that. I mean, that's, that's, how, have... that's
0: how he wins because he doesn't right. have elite speed. So he has to have the, the other things down. And, and it, again, it's like, I don't think that it's necessarily that Nelson is like a bad route runner. Or, or right. Things. I just feel like there are certain things when it comes to, yeah. Like his athleticism is, is, is like, well, I mean like his footwork, right. And, and little yeah. things are like tracking the ball where I, I don't know that I would, I would put it as like, he doesn't pay attention to them. I just am not sure that he, you know that it, that it's instinctive to him, right? Right, like I, I think for some guys they just get it, right? Like that—that's like what they do, and, and and I don't think that Nelson Aguilar is not putting in the work. It's just he has to kind of think about it a little bit more because it's not as natural. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: No, I agree. I agree. The guy for me is Devin Asiasi. I mean, I just think he yeah. just he doesn't have it, man. And I'm so disappointed because he coming out of UCLA, yeah. I thought he was going to be awesome. And I've he al- just... i have
0: honestly almost forgotten about him. <laughs>
1: He just can't do and, it. He just can't do it.
0: And and it just, I mean, he, he had a touchdown catch. I believe it was yesterday where he is like a little out route by the end zone. He almost dropped that.
1: Right. Yeah. Right.
0: And, and so it's like, he to like bobble like and control it before he goes out of bounds. Like you can't make anything easy on yourself. No, can nah, you? he
1: can't. He's good. Dropping passes and drills. And I'm like, what do you like? You, you're running like an in route on it. You're doing an in cut on a drill and you're dropping passes. Like, what are we doing here, man? Like you got to make the team like you, you, you know, so I hey, just, I'm I'm all set. I'm off. I'm off the Devin train, but, yeah. uh, you know, it is what it is. So anything that you're looking forward, uh, to camp, of course we have camp tomorrow on th- on Saturday, or I guess today, if you're listening in podcast form, um, you know, we have camp on Saturday and then full pads go on on Monday. You know, is there anything, any storyline or anything that you're looking for in particular in, in this next week that you're looking to see?
0: So I'm I'm gonna be looking uh, as is my wont because uh, uh, I, I find wide receiver play very interesting. I want to see if your boy Trey Nixon, oh uh, if, if he if he can get it done in pads. Because look, I, I think that and this is something that I've heard from uh, you know kind of the secondhand from you know people around around the way around the media tent is that people inside. Uh, you know, Gillette Stadium are, are cautiously optimistic that Trey Nixon is going to have a little bit better showing than he did last year. But again, they're just like, look, I mean, we got to see if he does it in pads because last I year he just kind of disappeared once the pads came on, and and even talking a little bit about. Apparently, they don't want him to get too big. Like they like he. They don't want him to get over 190 pounds or too much over that because they don't want him to be the Julian Edelman kind of slot guy, like the big, beefy, you know, kind of kind of you know, stocky guy. They want him to be like a slot burner kind of guy because they already have sort of a Julian Edelman type body in Jacoby Myers. Who that guy? That guy? He's clearly put in some offseason work. He is looking. He's looking strong, but. They, they want Trey Nixon to have a little bit of a different body type. So I, I'm curious, like, how he holds that weight in pads, how how he gets off the line against these guys. Um, I feel like that's going to be a big one, and I want to see, uh, you mentioned this already, like, and, and Marcus Jones, when they, when they when the pads come on, how is their physicality going to translate? Because, again, I think Jack has been very, very aggressive without pads and he's obviously going to be aggressive with pads, yeah. but then once, you know, people can kind of out leverage you a little bit and it's like, this ain't fun in games anymore. This is real football, right? It's like, is that going to like, is he is he going to be able to step up with that? Or is he going to have a little bit more of like, welcome to the NFL kind of stuff? Because I don't necessarily buy that Terrence Mitchell is locked in as the number one cornerback I, agree. I mean, you got, you got Malcolm Butler there as well. I still think there's an opening for Jack Jones. I really do. And even if it doesn't happen by the time the season begins, I mean, I think there's a mid-year. possibility that, that yeah, mid-year or by the end of the year, he's getting starter level reps, or right. he's at least in the rotation where he's playing. And it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being one of the rookie leaders in, in interceptions.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, the Trey Nixon thing, you're totally right. I mean, listen, if he – if he shows out in one of these preseason games, I'm getting. I'm gonna go out and buy a conductor hat and just wear it on the on the podcast because I am the conductor of the hype train. I literally, I he was the I don't well, it's a, it's the Ernie Adams connection. It's really what was for me. Like I'm like Ernie Adams drafted him in the seventh round. He's gonna be he's gonna be a stud, and so I, I've been saying it since since literally since the day he got drafted. So, but you know those concerns are real. You know you saw yesterday he, he went up against Wan Williams. Wan swallowed him up, and it was a bad throw by Hoyer, but it doesn't matter. He he you know. He swallowed up Trey Nixon and picked off a, easily. Picked off a pass from Brian Hoyer. So that's one of those things where it is a little concerning. Where you start looking at it and saying like, okay, what are we going to do now? If he's in the slot, is he going to be outside against guys the size of Joe Williams? No, but still, you know, you want to see him not get manhandled out there. So yeah, uh, so that's definitely something to look for. I think yeah. to me, my biggest thing I'm looking for when they put the pads on is the linebackers. Because we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen anything from McMillan. Yeah. We haven't seen anything from Cam yeah. McGrown. And I think a guy that, you know, Ushay, I, I, everyone wants Ushe to take a step forward. The guy that I'm really focused on is Ronnie Perkins, because Perkins is a guy that did nothing last year, was a healthy scratch every single mm-hmm. game, wasn't on the IR, wasn't on the pup list. He was there. He just never played. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, is the only defensive lineman last year in, on PFF to have a 90 rating above you know, against the pass and against the run, yeah. he could do, he can kind of do it all, but are they going to have him at outside linebacker? Or are they going to have him at D? It seems like he's been rotating in at the end, but it's hard to really see what they're doing. You know, 11 on 11, he rotates in every now and again, but you know, where, where are they going to have him playing? And I think that I'm very interested in seeing what the linebackers look like once the pads come on, it's a lot easier to see what's going on when they have pads right now, they're just running around chasing wide receivers around. So it's going to be a lot more interesting when, when you can yeah. see them kind of playing the run and, and, and how that's going to all work. But to me, it's Perkins and McGrone are the two guys for me from last year's draft class where you're, you're, you're relying pretty heavily on those two guys to make a leap this year. That, of course, neither of them played last year. So, like, you know, you're hoping that those guys can make a leap and play and play well. Right. And so, that's, I would say, those four guys, but in particular, Perkins and, and McGron are the two guys that I'm most excited to see.
0: Most definitely. And, and I think that the, like, Perkins and Josh Uche as well yeah. are going to be. Some of the biggest storylines of this of this team that I, not a lot of people are necessarily talking about is everybody's yeah. concerned with the linebackers and the corners and who's calling the plays and all that junk, right? Where's this pass rush going to come from? Right. And I did notice a little bit of Ronnie Perkins getting a little bit of pressure, and Josh Uche had one where again, I mean, <laughs> so somebody would say, you know, padless. Uh, Josh Ushay in no pads practice is a, is an absolute legend. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, we're yeah. flying off the edge. <laughs> I mean, he, he can fly off the edge with the pads on too. I mean, he, he clearly has done that. It's just like, can we do this every play? Right. Right. Like they need that. They yeah. absolutely need that from him. And and I think that, again, you know more or less what you're going to get from Matthew Judon. I mean, that guy is is clearly one of the – Leaders of this team and and one of its most dependable players, but you got to get something else from these other dudes. Hundred um, percent. I mean, there's no way around it.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So, but anyways, let's we'll wrap this guy up. It's been a lot of fun, Kyrie. Thank you so much for coming through. I really appreciate it. There's a ton, a ton to look out for. I know, and you're killing it. You're killing it over there at E. I. As a matter of fact, what's crazy is that at Boston.com, you're being replaced by Kyrie Thompson. I know he's speak pronounced a little differently. But yeah. it's insane that the byline's going to look the same.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so he said he's going to go by Kari A Thompson
1: ah, on there so there so that,
0: that's how we're going to differentiate cuz I'm Kyrie. So so he's Kyrie. Yep. I am Kyrie. Yeah, uh, see, but there it's you also go. but it's also Kyrie D Thompson. I see. Yep. I don't know what the A stands for. My D's for Dominic. So There you uh, go. Yeah, 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 keep keep an eye Don't call me that though. Please don't don't call me that. I will my not. Mother, I promise. Only my mother ever called me that. So don't do that. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, the funny thing about it is that that car from here, like he's from like the Jamaica Plain Roxbury area. So this is like his dream job to come back here and and work for, for Boston.com and write about sports in his hometown, man. So, I mean, I, so I, I talked to him. I knew this was coming. Actually. It's funny because we've known each other or known of each other since 2018. He liked one of my tweets back then. And I was like, I know I didn't like one of my tweets. What, what is this? So, so it's funny. I put out that tweet earlier. It's like Boston sports are gonna be so confused. I was confused.
1: Yeah. And, right. and
0: every once in a while I'm like, why is my name showing up? under? <laughs> oh, right. I don't remember why. But, but yeah, it's like people would confuse us all the time. Bit, oh yeah. I think I went to high school with you. And I was like, no, you didn't. Cause I'm not from here. Um. So, so it's, it's been fun these last couple of years, like trading, like, uh, even, even, uh, when I'd be on the radio a couple of times, would be like, man, you must really be doing great at EEI killing it on the radio because people keep on DMing me and telling me how well you're doing. <laughs> so it, it's, it's going to be great to have him around here. Everybody says we should do a podcast together. We probably should. It would probably should. be
1: great. That'd be awesome. I'd love it. <laughs> even, even just, he should have, a, he should have a guest. He should be a guest on the first and fox Foxborough podcast. Just like, Hey, oh, come on. I mean, you know what I mean?
0: That that might have to be one of the first things that happens once he officially
1: gets his job, <laughs> for sure. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Let plug yourself before we before we everyone leaves. Obviously, I just mentioned first in Fox, bro. Subscribe to that if you're not already, people. Come on, let's go, let's go, figure it yes, out. Yes,
0: please do. I need these downloads. I'm serious, okay. But also, you can find me at KD Thompson Five. I am always on Twitter, literally always on Twitter. So you can interact with me there interact with the show you can follow the show account at first and fox pro f-o-x-b-o-r-o not the uh ugh that so the ugh version is is what the podcast is is uh uh billed as because hey we got to be proper this is an odyssey podcast right because people who aren't necessarily uh you know from here might look at it and be like Oh, like, like, where's the UGH? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's how it's spelled. But look, for those of y'all who are from here, and you and you know, the, you know, FOXBRO version, I got you. Okay, follow that podcast. I am basically trying to give you something every single day, Uh, when I'm at camp, or when I'm at practice, and the Patriots PR staff have been amazing at getting me players. So I'm going to be trying to give you one on one interviews with your with your New England Patriots. So
1: stay tuned. Yep. As we mentioned, I already did one with Trey Nixon, our guy, Trey Nixon. So, yep. but, uh, yeah, hey, thanks so much, Kyrie. Appreciate it, man. And, uh, best of luck. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the season. We'll have to have you on another time too. Anytime. All right, man. Sounds good.